Hey, welcome everyone to I So Appreciate You, an honest, raw, and sometimes funny podcast about work, community, life, and all the other stuff we juggle. Hi, I'm Pohua. And I'm Nadej, and we're colleagues at the St. Paul and Minnesota Foundation. In addition to that, we're friends. And so when we talk, our conversations can run the gamut. We can start talking about board meetings and governance procedures. We can get into mother-daughter dynamics. And then we can be like, where are we going to dinner tonight? I prefer that conversation. And so we thought that maybe some of you would like to join us in conversation. So here we are with I So Appreciate You. Why this podcast and why now? I mean, if I'm honest. Yeah. (laughs) I'm kind of wondering that too. Uh, Puhua, you're kind of the one who dragged me into this. So how did we get here? And since I didn't want to do a podcast alone, I asked you to join me because we were already having a bunch of conversations about work, family, and life. And it just seemed like a natural thing that you and I might do and that we might want to share these conversations more broadly. And guess what? You didn't say no. I really need to work on that, I think. Um, But, you know, you, you talk about work and it makes me think of our foundation values. And and one of my favorites actually is we innovate and learn. And my favorite part of that is we take risks, embrace innovation, and commit to learning from both mistakes and successes. I love the mistake part. So do I. And I'd like to kind of lean in on that and say, so here we are. Like, if this works, amazing. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, I think we're definitely going to learn some things. That's why I'm here. So while there are a million podcasts, we thought a conversation between two women, two women of color, navigating work and life in Minnesota and the ever elusive finding a balance was not being had enough. Plus, we just wanted it to be us. We, we plan on having some of the guests that we've been long wanting to talk to and we've been wanting to meet and have them join us in conversation too. Okay, but before we start talking about guests, yeah. maybe we should talk about ourselves a little bit since, you know, we're the co-hosts and they're going to get to hear our voice every week. I suppose that's a good place to start. Okay, so I thought about this. Like, what do I say about myself that doesn't make me feel all cringy? So I'm actually just going to focus on my Twitter bio because it's nice and short and it gets to the point. Okay. So it says, Ops and Learning v- SVP plus former lawyer, plus performing arts enthusiast, plus occasional fashionista. More than occasional, actually. (laughs) Plus gluten-free foodie, plus changing narratives, she, her, hers. And, you know, for like whatever number of characters that is, you know, it's mostly right. Like I was a college dance major who then worked in arts administration and then decided to be a lawyer and now I'm in philanthropy. So I've got this crazy background that sometimes makes absolutely no sense. And... I think one of the things that people might learn as they keep listening is I'm low-key one of the silliest people you will ever meet. Uh, You are that, and I hope that comes through in this podcast. So first of all, I'm impressed that you got all this in, in in the character limit that Twitter allows for your bio. Uh, I suppose I can go a little bit there too myself. And in my Twitter bio, you'll see that I I have community up there. I have uh, sports up there because I think what, what, people might not know is that I'm a huge Twins fan. I'm also a Boston Red Sox fan. It's where I went for my honeymoon. Yes, indeed. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. My husband and my name were up in license center field uh, at Fenway. So I think that, so you'll see in my Twitter feed and in my Twitter bio that you'll see things coming through about um, sports right now where we're almost going to go into uh, um World Series season, and I'm also in a women's football fantasy football league. 
But okay, enough about that. I've been in nonprofit <laughs> my entire career. I've worked in nonprofits of all sizes, most recently at a very small public policy organization based in St. Paul. And I'm fairly new to the foundation, so it's only been a year and a half currently. Um, and I've been loving working there and working alongside you, Nadesh. It's crazy that we've only been colleagues for about a year and a half because I feel like I've known you forever. For a long time. Well, in addition to talking about ourselves, we're also going to explore many topics um, relevant to work and life. For example, we're going to talk about leadership, mm-hmm. uh, health and wellness, yeah. crazy things we've read. Lots. Yeah. Local events, people who are in the news people who we think should be in the news. And maybe people who shouldn't be in the news. Well, yeah, that there's that too. And, you know, maybe I can get you to share some recipes with, with folks. Yeah, if we could swap. <laughs> <laughs> and did we mention that we're going to invite a lot of, like, awesome people to join us? And I, I think you did, but it's worth mentioning again that I'm really excited about our future episodes where, yeah, we'll have special guests joining us. Hey, Nadesh. What's with the name? I so appreciate you. I mean, why do you act like I'm the one responsible for it? Because you actually did come up with it. <laughs> okay, fair, fair, fair. So when we were starting to think about this, um, we actually, you and I went back and forth about a bunch of names. And yeah. it was super hard because Real Talk, all the good names were already taken. Every name we wanted was, Seriously. Already, was already taken. was already a podcast that already seemed great. Yeah. And some of the ideas were like a little too cute for us. I mean, like, you know, we're cute, but we're not cutesy. No, not cutesy. Right. And then other things just didn't feel right. Like they didn't feel like us at all. Yeah. So one night, mm-hmm. it was actually late at night because some of the best random thoughts come to me late at night. Yeah. I started searching through our text history and I noticed a pattern. She does this, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a weirdo. Um, but the search function is very useful. And what I noticed is that we express genuine appreciation for each other on a pretty routine basis. Okay, so I'm going to pull up the screenshot of this text. <laughs> you do not uh, have the yes, actual text I, I sent you. I have the text. So it's like 1046 and a text <laughs> comes through from you and it says hey Pooh, i actually went through our you know we've been struggling to find a name for this podcast and you're like i just went back in the history and um one thing a phrase that kept coming up in our text history was that hey i appreciate you and then i i would say it and you would say it and it just show up a bunch of times and you said why not i so appreciate you for the name and I feel like as soon as I said that, you were like, yes, or, I, or the exclamation point. Well, it just felt right. <laughs> it just felt like, oh, that, had, that actually encompassed um, not only the work that we do at the foundation, our appreciation for each other, but it's how, it's the tone we wanted to strike with this podcast. We wanted it to be hopeful, and we wanted it to be open enough in the name that we can talk about anything under the sun. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think that's enough about us for now. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into what we're going to talk about today, uh, which is professionalism. I So Appreciate You is brought to you by the St. Paul and Minnesota Foundation. With Roots in St. Paul, we are Minnesota's largest community foundation and the partner of choice for thousands of donors, nonprofits, and community organizations. 
The foundation aspires to create an equitable, just, and vibrant Minnesota where all communities and people thrive by inspiring generosity, advocating for equity, and investing in community-led solutions. Visit spmcf.org to learn more. Welcome back, everyone. Hey, Pohua. Yeah. One of the first conversations we had as colleagues was about professionalism. Do you remember that? I, I do remember that. I think we were, I can't remember if you brought it up or I brought it up, but I think that where we kind of went in that conversation was how have you and I shown up in a professional way at work? And how has that evolved when we are now working with and supervising younger people who are coming up? And they're actually trying to break away from what we traditionally view as professional. I think I remember that being the conversation that yeah, we were having. I think it was. I think it was at a happy hour too. Yeah. See, all the questions. All the questions. But I remember that we recently talked about this again mm-hmm. because of because of this nonsense that we have encountered in the social media universe. Oh my God, it's a story that just won't die. It will not die. No. So uh, what you're referring to is um, earlier this summer, there was a really ridiculous thread. I think I think it was on Twitter, but I think it was everywhere on social media about the the bathing habits or actually lack of bathing habits by celebrities <laughs> like Mila Kunis, Ashton Kutcher, and Jake Gyllenhaal also got in the mix. Um, and it was about how they were proud or at least not embarrassed to admit that they don't bathe. Um, something about waiting for the, the stink to happen. I, and I remember seeing this and thinking, okay, this is super silly. Why am I even reading this tweet? And I really didn't think much more about it. And I certainly wasn't going to bring it up with you. Well, okay. I just want to point out yeah. that as ridiculous as it was, then other celebrities started tweeting about or talking on Instagram about how many showers they take a day. Like, that's how crazy this conversation got. Well, okay. So now you're going to know who's, you know, what celebrities I like follow <laughs> and don't follow or appreciate and don't appreciate. Because when, when they were talking about it, I was like, yeah, okay, good for you that you don't want to take a bath. But I'm a fan and you're a fan of Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Absolutely. And then he got in the mix. So then he tweeted that, hey, I'm not like those folks. <laughs> I actually bathe and not only bathe, um, but I, I shower multiple times a day because he works out all the time. Yeah, at least three times a day, I think he said. And, and it just makes me wonder, this is a fun fact about me because I've been a fan of his for a very long time, yeah. how many times he bathed when he was an active wrestler in the WWE? Like, for instance, the time I actually went to see him live. You've seen him live? I have. I have not been in the same room with him. <laughs> I mean, it was an arena and I was, you know, in the nosebleeds. Still, you were breathing the same air. But I did get to see him jump out in the rings and say, can you smell what The Rock is cooking? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. So then he got in the mix. And I was like, wait, why are we continuing to talk about this? And then, you know, right after that, I remember seeing an essay by Roxane Gay. And she weighed in on this. And the t- I, I believe the, the headline of, of her essay was, Who Gets to be Dirty? And at first I thought, okay, this topic was silly. But as I read her essay, it occurred to me that while showering per se wasn't something I thought a lot about, um, 
it was actually something that came up often in my household. So as a refugee, as an immigrant, as wanting to show up um, at church or at school or at work, I mean, my mom and my parents raised us to look a certain way so that we could, I don't know, they, these weren't the words they used, but maybe counter the narrative of what refugees look like. And so while it wasn't something I thought about, I, I kind of reflected on just how I was brought up and thinking there is no way my family, my mom, my dad, my brothers and sisters would have been proud today or then about how we didn't bathe. Absolutely. I mean, my family would be mortified if I was, you know, blasting all over social media that I felt super comfortable not taking a shower because that certainly is not presentable. Yeah. So that raised the question uh, to, you know, Roxanne Gay's point, who gets to be dirty? And I think that also plays into this professionalism conversation that you and I have had because we've talked about the ways in which we need to present ourselves. And this, this has to do with the word choices we use, knowing, you know, Robert's rules, but it's also about the clothes we wear, yep. the hair we keep. Absolutely. And I know that, you know, in the conversation that you and I had way back when, you talked about your experience working in a law firm when you were a, a practicing attorney. And, you know, I think you should share that story about how you felt or, or maybe the, the requirement you felt was needed there in that space. Yeah. So, you know, way back when, when I was not even yet a baby lawyer, I was just a lawyer in tra- <laughs> a baby lawyer in training. You know, I was starting to do my interviews uh, to try to get a summer internship. And I remember our um, career services office gave tips and tricks about what to do to be successful. And some of them included attire. Right. And so the, the professional attire was a black or navy suit mm-hmm. um, and I don't remember if it was written on the paper or said aloud, skirts for women. Yeah. Uh, and I just thought, first of all, I don't know why I was becoming a lawyer because I literally hate suits. But I love suits. That wasn't I- my vibe. If I got to go sit in these interviews, which were, by the way, like four hour events because yeah. you met with six partners and then you went to lunch. I was like, I need to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so I had stumbled onto this really super cute um black and pink pinstripe suit with three quarter sleeves. I like it. Very much not a traditional suit, but I decided, um, you know, I'm just going to do it. Like, what are they going to do? Not hire me? Like, that's that's the alternative. I get the job. I don't get the job. And so I went to these interviews and interview after interview, I got so many compliments on the suit by other um, female attorneys. And I think that it made me show up in a kind of way. But the reality is, like, if somebody from my career services had probably seen me on the way out, they would have been like, is that what you're wearing? Yeah. And why did it matter? Like, I looked fine. I looked appropriate. But apparently... Why do you think they were worried? Why would they pull you aside? Well, I mean, it kind of goes back to that professionalism thing. Mm-hmm. And and I actually want to stop at this moment and, and t- like, unpack that a little yeah. bit. So... You know me, I'm kind of a dork. So I actually <laughs> looked up professionalism. Uh, okay. Because we keep kind of talking about it. And I don't, I was trying to decide, is this one of those, you know it when you see it, or is there actually a definition? And so I'm going to read what Miriam Webster says about professionalism. She is a dork, guys. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> it is the conduct, aims, or qualities mm-hmm. that characterize or mark a profession or professional person. Now... 
Okay, that's real clear. Yeah, really. I mean, I kind of want to WTF this moment right here because you are defining professionalism by saying that it's stuff that characterize a profession or professional person. Okay, but like what stuff? Who gets to decide the stuff? Who's in charge? Like who who decides what's professional? And this is so I've come up against this so many times um, about like that definition doesn't really tell you anything. And even when we, let's say, prescribe something like, hey, show up in business casual or show up in, in, in you know, for, like in business or business casual, what does that actually mean? So, you know, a couple of years ago, I remember being in the audience um, listening to former Massachusetts Governor Deval Patrick speak. And he, for those of you who don't know, he grew up on the south side of Chicago. And I think it was around age 14, he got this amazing opportunity to go and study uh, at Milton Academy, fancy, I think it's a boarding school um, in Massachusetts. And he shared this story about getting the clothing list, right? So I think, you know, we're all kind of, well, families are going back to school. They're already in school now. But, you know, you get the supplies list. You get the clothing list. Right. Absolutely. And you make sure that you have what you need to you check to everything to off. You buy the things on the list. That's right. And one of the items was a blue jacket. And so his grandparents, um, who he's living with or were raising him, like they splurged and got him this blue jacket, right? So he shows up at school at Milton Academy, and everyone is, is in their blue um, blazer. But you guys, in Southside Chicago, a blue jacket means windbreaker. So he's in this windbreaker, blue windbreaker, amongst a sea of blue blazers. So this is what I'm talking about. Sometimes we are not prescriptive enough, and we assume that people know what we're talking about. And this is the kind of stuff that I think really takes up space in, in my head at one time, and in the heads of young people who are trying to break into the into their first jobs, or when I was mentoring students who are working up at the Capitol, they would come to me and say, hey, I know that you've spelled out this is the, these are the things that we need to wear, but what does that actually mean? Right. And, and to not know that, to show up in a windbreaker, may cause people to think that you don't know. Well, obviously, it outs you, right, that you don't know. You, the, don't, you don't know the unspoken code. Right. You don't know the language. Right. I mean, I think that... You know, I stumbled across an article about bias in professionalism yeah. in the Stanford Social Innovation Review. And it was really fascinating as they kind of, you know, walk through all of these unspoken categories that make up what is or isn't professional. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got uh, speech, mm -hmm. your accents, your word choice might be something that deems you professional or not. Yeah. Um, your hairstyle, your attire. I'm going to get back to hairstyle in a minute, um, you know, how you're scrutinized and like, you know, your attitude. But the thing is, kind of like that definition I read, yeah. there's no clear rule. No. Like nobody has ever walked into a job, gotten a piece of paper and that has said, here, we arrive promptly at 731 <laughs> and you sit at your desk for the next three hours. And while you're sitting at the desk, you are wearing a three piece blah, blah, blah with it. Like nobody gets that prescriptive no. a detail you're just supposed to somehow show up on your first day with no experience and know all of these unspoken rules that's right and I, I think this is why it's come up again now as we are supervisors to say do we perpetuate that should we 
keep that going or are we in a position to be more open? And then how do we even feel about that, right? Well, how do we even know the difference? I mean, the reality is we've both had long professional careers to this point. So it's almost like it's in our blood. Yeah. I mean, I think about the fact that there have to be in certain states crown acts to protect like black women's ability to have natural hair in mm. the workplace. And first of all, that's insane. Yeah. But then I think back to the start of my professional career, it was always straight. It was always pressed. Yeah. And it, it never occurred to me to show up in the office natural because natural would not have been professional. That's crazy. It feels crazy, yeah. but the reality is it's only now that we actually even have to make laws about this. So some people don't have to go put products and chemical and damage their natural hair state just to show up in a way that is quote unquote yeah. professional and actually have the chances for advancement and movement that their expertise and their you know education ought to demand, but their, their perceived ability because of how they look or how they dress doesn't allow. So, I mean, where should we take this? I mean, how do we help the, the listeners? What do we do with this? Because I think that you and I are in positions where we are hiring people. And I would like to think that given the conversations we have had and are having today, that hopefully listeners are listening and, and those who are in positions where you're hiring, like, just think about that. Just think about the the space that people might be reserving for, you know, just, just the, the quiet worry about how they need to show up at the place where you, you know, work. And as you think about new hires coming in or mentoring younger people, like how do you just proactively put that out there so that we don't have to, so they don't have to guess? You know, I think it's really about thinking what is actually important for this job? Yes. And I think the crazy thing is, I think COVID has opened up a little bit of that yeah, for us. Yeah. Because people are wearing sweatpants now underneath their desk. <laughs> well, we don't even know. Mm -hmm. And it goes to show it probably didn't matter before. Yeah. Um, maybe the lessons that we learned during the pandemic is that, uh, you know, sometimes I'll wear the same thing a couple of times a week and no one notices. I mean, honestly, it seems less important in general. I mean, we think about what we know now is all of the, the work time pressures that were previously built into our regular day. Yeah. And I think that we can take advantage of this and not build them all back. I'd rather have people at the office doing great work, feeling yeah. efficient and feeling comfortable than making sure that they're rocking a pencil skirt and some ridiculous heels and pantyhose. I may want to wear those, though, but that's up but to But that's me. your choice. Yes. You can totally wear that. And I don't think that it takes away or um, it diminishes or elevates anyone's competence, you know, what they're wearing. Yeah. So should companies, well, I think take a closer look at your dress code. Do you need it for the work right. that you're doing? Right. Is it specific to, you know, safety? Is it specific to temperature? Is it, is there a reason that yeah. you are requiring people to show up in a certain way? And if there isn't, maybe reevaluate where you're coming from with that. Well, how about listen to your, to your employees, see what they would like. Start by listening. All right. We could probably keep going, um, talking about this for hours, but we've got to leave something for our next episode. Thank you for listening to I So Appreciate You. You can find us on Facebook at I So Appreciate You Podcast and on Twitter and Instagram at So Appreciate You. 
We'd also appreciate you taking a moment to leave us a review. And if you like our show, be sure to follow I So Appreciate You on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. Have a question or a topic suggestion? Email us at podcast at spmcf.org. Thank you for listening to I So Appreciate You. I have a dream that one day we'll live in a world where they don't judge you by the color of your skin. Every year, the St. Paul and Minnesota Foundation recognizes anti-racism activists in Minnesota who challenge absent and harmful narratives on race and push for justice and equity through the Facing Race Awards. The story of this year's winners, Victoria McWayne Creek, King Demetrius Pendleton, Valerie Shirley, and Wookie Wea premiered just last week and is available to watch on FacingRace.org. Go check it out, FacingRace.org.